Hey, Hawkeye fans, Chad Lysico of the Des Moines Register uh, with the uh, 3 a.m. edition of the post-game podcast after Iowa uh, slays the giant, uh, beats South Carolina 77-73. Dargan, uh, you and I are going to be covering a national championship game. Uh, An Iowa basketball team has not been to one in my lifetime, probably not in many lifetimes. Uh, of people listening to this, 1956, the men, the only other time. I was not around. Yeah, (laughs) so, uh, yeah, different time, too, obviously. So uh, this is just, this was just unbelievable uh, on every level. Where where did your mind go right away? I mean, I think it's hard not to go to to Caitlin and, you know, how she, you know, continues to have these incredible opportunities and puts forth – you know, her best performance one after another, um, you know, what she did in the fourth quarter tonight was incredible. Um, and, and that was also with her shot, not really falling tonight from deep. Um, and so I think that goes to, um, you know, what you've written about uh, over this, this run here is her improvement, you know, in the mental game, her improvement in the understanding of the basketball game and knowing that, you know, she was blown by South Carolina defenders left and right, getting to the rim in that fourth quarter. And, um, you know, Iowa needed every one of it. And so, um, you know, Iowa was either going to win with with Caitlin Clark taking them there or, or go down fighting with her, putting forth everything that she had. And so, um, you know, it, it is kind of jarring to sit here and say that Iowa is 40 minutes from a national title, which, um, you know, I, I certainly never thought that that, that would be possible, but um, here we are. And, and, you know, another thing that really stands out is the belief that, you know, really started the second they got here that, that they, you know, it started before that. But in terms of this challenge, the second they got to Dallas, you know, they were talking like, hey, you know, we're not here just to be here. We're here to win two games and, and you know, they're halfway there, and uh, it's it's still pretty incredible to digest, uh, you know, for I don't know how many hours we're after tip. It's very late. So, <laughs> yeah, post game was a little bit of a, a little disappointing from our end. But, uh, you know, it, uh, you know, everyone's been pretty generous, really generous with their media time. And they have a lot of media demands. But uh, so we didn't get quite as many, you know, videos and stuff up as we wanted to. But, you know, I think the general theme we we felt was um, about the game plan. And that's something uh, that I'm uh, writing about for the morning. And uh, if you're going to go beat South Carolina, what are you going to do? And that's kind of, how do you do it? You know, yeah, that comes down to coaching. And, and boy, every aspect of what Iowa did coaching-wise was uh, ran circles around Don Staley. I mean, you talk about the defense they ran. I mean, it could have burned them. They packed the basically just packed the paint in and dared South Carolina to shoot threes. Uh, South Carolina basically shooting incredibly wide open threes goes four for twenty from deep, so twenty five or twenty. And a lot of those were not close. Like I, I was sitting <laughs> right behind the Iowa bench, yeah. and it was almost like for for our hockey listeners out there, it's almost like dumping the puck into the zone and then just kind of going and chasing it and hoping, you know, South Carolina was just shooting it almost to miss and then rebound it. Right. The threes that they shot, you know, other than a few here and there, not only did they miss, but they they were not good shots at all. And so 
Um, you know, I, I really think that that Iowa kind of had to to make a decision, and you know, obviously they made the right one. Yeah, South Carolina does end up with twenty more shot attempts than Iowa, and so Iowa's you know part of Iowa's game plan was to just rely on its offensive efficiency. You look at uh, turnovers; Iowa only commits ten turnovers. Uh, South Carolina commits fifteen. I mean, you with the way South Carolina plays defense, and Iowa really does turn it over quite a bit uh, generally, like. To only have 10 against that defense. That's good. That, yeah, that's, that's a, a good number for them. That's a really good number. You know, South Carolina attempts 77 shots to Iowa's 57. You know, but the Hawkeyes hit 28 of 57. They were efficient with their shots. Uh, Caitlin was 10 of 14 from two. That And they didn't stop her. I've seen, I saw a lot of national writers tweeting about, like, why doesn't South Carolina, like, have someone step up when she's driving to the lane? She's just going right around these girls and she did it from the start Dargan. I do not understand how, how an Olympics coach Naismith coach of the year, Don Staley is to me, she was just too stubborn to make that switch. I, I don't know if there's any other explanation for it. How do you not switch off and, and try to stop the one thing that's burning you? Yeah. And honestly, you know, Caitlin talked about on the other side in the press conference, one of the things that Iowa did really well was continue to switch its defense. And so I don't know, like you said, if it was stubbornness, if it was, you know, arrogance that they just thought, hey, you know, we're South Carolina, we do what we do, and it's going to work eventually. But, yeah, I mean, the the layups that she was hitting in the fourth quarter were, um, you know, it almost seemed like a drill because she was just driving <laughs> right by them and, and laying it in with ease. And so, um, you know, that really prevented South Carolina from getting any sort of run certainly in any sort of cushion i mean they led in the fourth quarter i think for 13 seconds um but i was lead also didn't get more than five in the fourth quarter so that's that's an entire quarter of high pressure packed basketball where every possession is important and every possession has to you know account for something and and iowa did about as well as a job as you can do in terms of you know holding south carolina down and not letting them get loose or really feel like they had any control of this game. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, there, I was trying to look up a stat while you're talking there and I'm almost positive this is accurate. So as we get going, I'll go back and double check it. But the only times that South Carolina took a lead, their biggest South Carolina's biggest lead was one point. And every single time I'm almost positive that, they took a one-point lead. Iowa came down and answered. I, d- I don't think there was ever a time where South Carolina had the ball in the lead. Uh, and that had to be super deflating because the, they had clawed back several times to get like a one-point lead. Well, I want to say, yeah, even in the fourth quarter. Let's, let's just flash forward to the fourth quarter. Iowa starts that period up 59-55. That was a nice finish to the quarter, right? I think it was uh, – yeah, a Sonano. Sonano bucket at the end that was real tough. Real tough throw in, you know, bucket where she kind of shot put it up over there. And it goes in. So I was up four. And then uh, South Carolina r- uh, runs off five straight in the first minute. So they're up 60 to 59. And then uh, Caitlin Clark comes down and just steps into a three pointer and just bur- buries it. I mean, she had an answer every time. Uh, that, that's what was so remarkable. As every time she had, and she goes ahead and scores 16 of the 18 points Iowa scored in the fourth quarter. I mean, she, and then assisted, of course, the other bucket. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was only one shot that that she didn't take uh, in the fourth quarter, and 
kind of looking at the at the play by play here, um, that those five points that South Carolina scored to start the fourth, that was the only time they had back to back buckets in the entire fourth quarter. Um, there was one stretch where uh, you know they had a layup and then a a free throw um, on the next possession, but that was the only time where they scored consecutive field goals without Iowa uh, chiming in there, and and more specifically Clark. But yeah, I mean, you got to put the ball in her hands. You, you're gonna live or die with with Caitlin, and you know, again, it's it's really incredible how much she's not just playing well in the biggest moments, but I think she's played her the two best games of her career the last two games, and they've been the two biggest games of their career. And so, you know, it's it's clear that the moment, the opportunity, the the chance to make a huge difference in really all of the sports world and certainly the college basketball world, you know, she's she knows how to handle it. And, and it's mm-hmm. been certainly impressive to watch because, I mean, you go back even all the way to high school, how much hype was on her to – come into this program or any program and, and immediately change it. Um, and, you know, it's it's safe to say that she's matched every ounce of the expectations that's been on her, you know, since she was at Dowling, really. Yeah, and I did look up uh, this stat. And, uh, yeah, so uh, South Carolina took a one-point lead three times. At 32-31, Clark answered with a three. Then they went up 37-36 toward the end of the first half, and uh, Kate Martin answered with a couple free throws, and Iowa ended up 38-37 at the half. I think, I do think South Carolina did have a, like a, a change of possession in there, maybe somewhere, but still, uh, every time Iowa had the answer. And how about this, Dargan? Iowa uh, got defensive stops to start the game. I think they had five straight defensive stops to start yeah. the game. And Kate and uh, Kate Martin had five rebounds like right away, so you could tell Iowa's game plan was working. And Iowa got out to Iowa was cold to start, and then uh, you know Clark finally broke the ice, so they're up four nothing three minutes into the game. I mean that's good defense, and uh, they led that entire first quarter, twenty two thirteen at the end of the first quarter. I mean I thought that was huge. Uh, fast start was was on my list of, of musts to win this game. Yeah, I think it was imperative because that really set the tone that. You know, obviously there was a lot of game left and Iowa had to play well for three more quarters, but that really set the tone that Iowa was going to be the one that controlled this game. You know, they weren't going to be chasing South Carolina. They weren't going to be trying to climb out of a double-digit hole like, you know, a lot of people anticipated. And so, you know, I think as the game went on, and I talked about this a little on the podcast, you know, South Carolina is not used to playing from behind. You know, they're not used to having to claw and fight and, and get – you know, control of the game. And, you know, I I would imagine down the stretch, um, you know, when that, that tense tournament energy kicks in and it's clear your season's hanging in the balance, that was not a situation that South Carolina was comfortable with. And that's something that Iowa's been dealing with, you know, in several instances in this tournament. And so I thought that was really big for them to, to play from ahead. You know, it may sound obvious, but I, I think that, them coming out, setting the tone early, really, you know, allowed them to to control the game the whole way, and that was that was really the difference. Yeah, uh, Leah Boston, uh, just eight points, eight points in the game, two for nine shooting. Uh, how big a factor do you think foul trouble was for her? I mean, obviously, it, it would end up being almost a push between the minutes that she played and Sonano played. Uh, 
uh, 27 for Sonano, 25 and a half for Boston. But Sonano vastly outplays her. She scores 18 points uh, in those 27 minutes to, to Boston's eight. And, you know, of course, Boston got 10 rebounds. But uh, I don't know. Like, it seemed like Iowa – it seemed like Iowa handled the foul trouble better. Like, I don't know how to describe that, but. Uh, yeah, well, it was interesting. This was this kind of a uh, a courtside uh, perk yeah. here. You know, yeah, right, before, you right before Hannah Stokey checks into the game, uh, Jan Jensen kind of looks at her and gives her a, you know, you got this. And immediately after that, she draws a charge on Aaliyah Boston. And I believe that was her second foul. And that sent her to the bench um, for the rest of the half. And I feel like that was just such a deflating moment for South Carolina to have its star, the piece that it builds everything around, have to watch, you know, eight, nine, ten straight minutes without having any sort of contribution. And so um, Iowa did a great job. You know, the the pick and roll game was fantastic. Um, you know, that really allowed, you know, Monica Sonano talked about how they knew that that she wasn't going to just be able to to sit in the post and, and kind of work how she likes to, that she had to to come out and and do things that way. And that was another brilliant coaching move because that pick and roll was there at least five or six times where Iowa had, you know, pretty much a wide open layup off that. And, you know, obviously the, the foul situation for Iowa picked up a little bit. You know, Addison O'Grady came in for, for 10 minutes um, while Stolke and Sonano fought through foul trouble. But – I mean, you got to really give credit to the interior effort as a whole because, um, you know, I don't think there were many people that that thought that that was going to be where Iowa picked up a win um, was down low. And, and again, you know, South Carolina got their rebounds. They got their offensive rebounds. But um, the, the mental fortitude of this team, the veteran presence wasn't going to let that uh, become a frustrating thing in the middle of the game. And I thought Iowa really handled, um, like we touched on, anytime South Carolina made a push, they they had an answer and um, never really let the Gamecocks get out in front the way that they wanted to. And there were a few factors that really did not go Iowa's way at all. I mean, the supporting cast, uh, at least offensively, I mean, that, you know, they all played hard, of course, but you look at their stat lines, Warnock uh, two for six in 31 minutes and didn't get to the line. Uh, five points, three rebounds. You know, I, that was not the line I expected that we would have from her. Uh, Kate Martin, seven points. I mean, she played she played tough. I mean, seven points, seven boards. you got to give her a lot of credit for scrapping in there. I thought Iowa did a really good job, too, just kind of grabbing for the ball, like here and there. And, uh, you know, kudos to Gabby Marshall. I mean, she, she plays 39 minutes, takes one shot. You know, she's a shooter. And it goes around and out, too. Around and out, just like the Louisville game. And but she played. Uh, Jan Jensen said just in, insane defense. Uh, she was fantastic. She got switched on to Z, uh, Zaya Cook in the second half. Uh, Cook had 18 in the first half, but uh, only six in the second half. Uh, Marshall was very disruptive. Uh, I believe she had three steals, if I'm not and, mistaken. Yeah, yeah. And there was a few of those steals where um, you know. South Carolina would catch in the post. I would bring the double right away. And then South Carolina would try to throw it out of that double. And they would kind of just, it's almost like a quarterback thrown across his body, you know, yeah. kind of threw it into traffic. And, you know, I Marshall picked off at least two of those. Um, and that started the break the other way. And I, I really thought that I was, um, 
you know, their ability to every possession, every South Carolina miss was pushing the other way. And obviously that's what Iowa had to do to be successful. That's what they've done all season. But um, for them to, to execute it on this stage against that opponent, you know, really speaks volumes to, to what this team is trying to do. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, Addison O'Grady, give her credit. She played, she played uh, 10 really good minutes. Uh, she was effective. She looked smooth. Uh, she scored a couple buckets off the pick and rolls, right? I think they were both pick and mm-hmm. roll. Like, yep. One of them might've been from maybe from Martin or Warnock. I can't remember, but uh, yeah, I mean, those types of minutes were so huge. Uh, Hannah Stolke plays almost 12 minutes. You know, only gets one rebound. I thought, you know, Iowa could have done, obviously could have done better on the boards, but like as Caitlin said in the post game, Dargan, like we knew that there was no way we were going to beat them on the boards. So and it ended up being 49 25, uh, pretty much about as bad as you thought it would be. And the O board uh, numbers were incredible too. Um, yeah. Uh, 26 offensive for South Carolina, 20 defensive for Iowa. So they got more than half of offensive rebounds. Um, and that was their game, like you said. So those th- so the supporting cast didn't come through offensively, I'm saying, you know, uh-huh. in points, you know, where, where a lot of times they, they're hitting threes. And then you get killed on the boards, just absolutely killed. And I only hit 7 of 23 from three. You know, that's 30%. I mean, this is like, that's a, you tell me those three things, I'm like, there's no way you're winning. No. But they did it. Yeah, and, and again, I, I think that kind of really accentuates Clark's value even more. I mean, you know, they they put the ball in her hands and, and were going to let her bring them home, and, and she did that. Um, and I, it's, it's really incredible, you know, how much she's really added to her legacy, really just in the last month. Um, you know, obviously she was going to go down as one of the – best players probably ever in women's college basketball and, and certainly right there um, in Iowa history as well. But I think really, um, especially if they get it done on Sunday, um, I think even the, the wildest rises that you could expect um, this one is really kind of top them all because she's single-handedly almost taking, you know, obviously it's a, it's a team and, and it's every piece matters, but she's really single-handedly kind of taking this team to a level that, um, I don't really think many people thought this program could get to. You know, it's one thing certainly to, to you know, be a factor in the Big Ten, but to go to the Final Four and pull off this win, you know, I think I think it really kind of changes the perception of, of Iowa women's basketball for the foreseeable future. You know, this is, this is now a program that's going to expect to do things like this. And, um, you know, I, I guess we can kind of – spin a little bit forward to, to Sunday, just, um, you know, LSU kind of gutted out a win against Virginia tech. That was very uh, seesawing and in, in who was controlling things. But um, obviously it's a, it's an interesting situation because this win was so huge. And now Iowa has one day to kind of somehow flush this and get ready for Sunday, um, which now becomes the next biggest game that they've, that all these players have played in. And so, um, I think it's going to be kind of fascinating to to hear from the the players tomorrow um, and, and see how Sunday goes because um, you know this, this it's going to be it's going to be a difficult challenge I feel like or at least it seems like it will be to somehow you know clear this from from the memory bank 
and get ready to play for a national title, which, um, you know, is still kind of baffling to say. Yeah. I, I told, I told some others, um, I even told, uh, uh, Clark's dad, I told him this, that I, I thought I was going to win. I, I changed my tune from yesterday's prediction. I, I thought I was going to win. And you know what it changed it for me? I feel like looking back on it was, was the high V video, the Patrick Mahomes video. You that know? was, that was a well-timed uh, execution there on uh, uh, on Hy-Vee's part. I mean, you know how much Caitlin Clark looks up to Mahomes. It's not like she derived extra motivation for it, but to hear Patrick Mahomes, who's basically her sports hero, at the, her, her favorite team, and who is essentially the Caitlin Clark of the NFL, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> who, ju- who just, you know, overcame whatever, you know, he he pulled off some magic. Let's be honest. To to have the Chiefs win the Super Bowl this year, he you know to say the job's not done, go win a championship. You know that that kind of for me like was like, I'm not saying that that caused like Iowa to win the game, but it's just like, yeah, like you're not just happy to be here. Like Patrick Mahomes isn't isn't just happy to be in the AFC Championship game. You know he. Uh, he got there as a young quarterback and, and uh, you know, eventually, you know, what he's won two now, right? So, yep. uh, I don't know. It's just sort of it, – it started with that, and I feel like – I just feel like – I just felt like it was going to happen, and it just brings up to me the comparison between Caitlin and Mahomes. Uh, that's, well, that's, it, what, it would, that's what accentuates it for me. Absolutely, and it would have been so easy for Iowa to, um, you know, even though obviously – they were going to come out and give everything in this game. It would have been easy for Iowa to play the, you know, we're just happy to be here card. And that would have been fine, you know, doing something that hasn't been done in 30 years. You know, if they had even gotten blown out today, I think it doesn't really change the the importance of this season. But for this team to, you know, understand that and also understand that these opportunities don't come along very often. And if you're in the Final Four and you're two wins away from a title, that's as close as a lot of people, you know, ever thought that they were going to get. And so, you know, if you have that opportunity, you might as well take advantage of it and maximize it to, you know, its fullest potential. And um, so far I was done that. And um, if, if they cut down the nets on Sunday, it'll be uh, a pretty spectacular story. Uh, just how this group is, has risen together and really kind of redefined what the expectations were for, for this program, you know, I think now moving forward, no matter what happens on Sunday, they're going to expect to be in the final four. Now, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it really just takes one uh, run like this to, to change, you know, a, a lot of thinking and a lot of people's perception of things. And so, you know, that's, that's what Mahomes did with the chiefs. You know, the chiefs were kind yeah. of the, the right. chokers and, and losers right. for a while um, and then he came in and now he's, you know, redefined how people look at the Chiefs. And so Caitlin's, you know, doing the same thing with uh, with Iowa. Absolutely. Um, I think I was listed about a one and a half point favorite for Sunday. So I expect another <laughs> uh, toss up game. And as much as we talk about Bluter out coaching uh, Don Staley today, uh Another challenge on Sunday. I mean, Kim Mulkey absolutely owned the fourth quarter today against Virginia Tech. Uh, I thought her team was sunk 
you know, just watching the game. And, you know, all, they just absolutely dominated the fourth quarter uh, after being down 12 and, and win by whatever it was, nine or something. So uh, it's going to be tough. I mean, this is the team that knocked Iowa out, right, uh, in 2019, or the coach, I should say, not the team. Mm-hmm. But uh, Mulkey, you know, really turned the screws on Megan Gustafson and, and the Hawkeyes in the Elite Eight in 2019. Obviously, that was a great Baylor team that won a national title. But tall task on Sunday. I don't know how – I. here's the other thing, Dargan. Another factor I think that's going to be huge. I think I already – I heard a lot of people in the concourse like trying to buy Sunday tickets from South Carolina fans for Iowa. And I think a lot of Iowa fans are going to be coming down here on Sunday. I've already oh, seen. Yeah. I've, I've already seen it on Twitter. I mean, people—they're intending to fly down here and come to that game. And you know, South Carolina's got tickets to sell. Yeah, and I mean, if you're an Iowa fan, what what are you what are you waiting on? You know, like this is your moment. This is your chance to see, you know, the most prominent team, you know, ever win a national title for Iowa. And so, um, I, it was interesting to kind of see the crowd breakdown. You know, I, obviously there were a ton of Iowa fans there. And they, you know, obviously were the loudest down the stretch. But there was also a lot of South Carolina fans there. And there was a lot of LSU fans there today as well. So, um, again, you know, I think Iowa will, will – it'll probably be an Iowa lean on the crowd Sunday, um, which, you know, obviously can can make even the slightest difference if it's another close game down the stretch. But, yeah, it's going to be – it's going to be quite the scene on Sunday. Um, you know, it's been a little – you know, you and I have not covered Final Fours before, so um, it's been a little uh, hectic down here. But I feel like Sunday is going to be a, a whole nother animal as uh, as everything's kind of on the line there. Yeah. Last thing, last topic here, Dark. I mean, what 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 does Caitlin Clark do for an encore or an encore encore or whatever you want to call it? Like forty-one points against Louisville. 41 points today. I don't know if we read her line, did we? 41 points, eight assists, six rebounds. Uh, astonishing, astonishing uh, what she's doing. And that was, uh, you know, didn't, like you said, she didn't shoot it great from three. But what is she, you know, what do you expect? I mean, she's going to, she's going to bring her A game. No question about it. I mean, there's no reason to doubt that she's not going to put up another incredible performance. I mean, just one, again, one big moment after another, whether it's, you know, you start with the Indiana shot, you start with the Ohio yeah. State triple-double, you go to the Louisville triple-double, you go to today. I mean, the moments and the the pressure has increased, and all she's done is increased her performance and her dominance. And so um, I think it would be, be very unwise to uh, bet on her not doing something incredible on Sunday. Yeah, I, I am surprised. I'm surprised the line's that small. I, but we're gonna we're gonna jump. I don't know a ton about LSU, so we're gonna jump into that matchup uh, tomorrow. We're gonna talk to uh, Kim Mulkey tomorrow. We're gonna talk to the Hawkeyes tomorrow. Uh, LSU players tomorrow. So, uh, and I say tomorrow, and it's like three. It's, it's, three, it's in it's, like six hours. But yeah, it's like three eighteen in the morning. So <laughs> we need to get to sleep. And we need to let you guys listen to this podcast because we'll probably have another one before the game, I'm guessing, probably. So probably. Uh, thank you very much, Dark and Southern. You've been an awesome teammate down here and uh, really glad we could do this together. So let's sign off. What do you say? Let's do it. Another right. uh, one more game in the season. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, and it will be the last game for McKenna Warnock and Monica Sonano. 
as uh, Caitlin Clark put it the other day, we want to give them the maximum number of games possible, and they get it. They get to play play it all the way to the end for their Iowa careers. So very cool to see what happens next. Uh, for Dargan Southern, I'm Chad Lysico of the Register saying so long and talk to you like super soon.